And a good Monday evening to you all. It's time for the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Eberflus. Jeff Joniak with you at 8 o'clock here tonight on News Radio 105.9 WBBM. We've got Monday Night Football joined in progress at 8 on 780 AM. The news will continue on 105.9 FM. Long before we get there, let's begin. Matt, how you doing? Uh, doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, this team is banged up. To say the least. Yeah, I mean, we had some uh, some injuries uh, yesterday at MetLife, and uh, you know we'll be uh, searching through those and working through those with the doctors here in the next forty eight hours. We'll see where it is. Obviously, you know we lost Mooney uh, for the year, um, you know with ankle, you know, so we'll uh, we'll go from there with him. And uh, again, I talked to him. You know, he's a little bit down, but uh, he's uh, you know still here with the team, and he's going to be around with us and. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, what a great year he had. I mean, uh, he started really getting a good spark with Justin and uh, did an excellent job blocking on the perimeter. Um, and he actually got he got injured on the one where, you know, Montgomery ended up punching it out of there from the minus one. Uh, did a really nice job. It was just unfortunate. He was blocking his guy and went to tackle Montgomery and swung around and kind of hit him in the leg. But, uh, but again, what a great job he did. And more importantly, what a teammate he is. He's a great teammate. What great leadership uh, from him. But uh, we're excited about his future. Yeah, I just talked to him last week just about the future, you know, and uh, the patience involved with an offense that wants to run the ball and what is asked of, of him, and he embraced it. But he was just really optimistic about where Justin's headed, where the offense is headed. So that's always a blow late in the season. How do you talk a guy down off of that? He's he's pretty pragmatic guy in general, though. So Yeah, he's always upbeat and positive. You know, he's he's that by nature. And, uh, you know, he's uh, always going to be a good teammate. Again, he'll, he'll, it'll take some rehab and all those things, you know, getting through that, but uh, he'll be ready to go here shortly. You know, tight ends get rolled up on a lot. Uh, we used to say more man hours lost uh, at the tight end position than any other. That has since kind of changed in the league. They become more athletic. They're more inline blockers before offensive linemen get it, but it, it's kind of rare that receivers are asked to do as much blocking in this situation. It is an occupational hazard, isn't it? Because you get rolled up on, there's no way that you know it's coming. Yeah, yeah, you just got to be mindful of it and uh, and hopefully be able to keep your feet moving as, as the traffic comes to you and uh, and do your best. All right, let's talk about the quarterback situation yesterday, close to kickoff, rare occurrence even for you, right? Yeah, it was kind of a weird deal. You know, Trevor's out there, you know, before the pregame warm-up, end up straining his oblique and then uh, comes in and, you know, says, hey, let me get some medication and see how I feel. And, and you know, potentially Nate was going to, you know, could step in there for that role. He was ready to do that. But uh, it worked out good. He went out to warm-ups and he threw the ball fine. And um, Trevor did, of course. And then he ended up, uh, you know, going and then scoring 10 points in his first two drives and, and uh, against a really good defense. And after the game, he said he was almost embarrassed that it happened. Uh, but, again, the, these things do happen. And if you can find a way to, to plow through it, which he did, you know, no apology necessary, right? I mean, no, he, he prepared well yeah. all week, and uh, he did a really good job uh, the entire week. You know, because you know, obviously, we didn't know what was going to happen with Justin during the week, and uh, we had to play it by ear. So he had to do a lot of mental preparation as well. All right, how do you think the coaching staff handled this? Because you had to have plans. No, I think uh, yeah. it was good. Yeah. You know, like I said uh, during the press conferences last week, you know, we just really needed to, you know, set you know things aside for Trevor and then for Justin. You know, Justin obviously is a unique player. Um, in a lot of ways and can do a lot of different things that a lot of players can't do. And, uh, but we have a system. We have a system in place that, that we can uh, adjust and adapt and, and move uh, based on who the quarterback is. And that's easily done, and I thought Getsy did a nice job of that along with uh, you know, the rest of the staff. Before we get into the details of the game throughout the rest of this hour, losing is difficult, period. If you can separate this for me, and maybe you can't, but from a player perspective, how do you handle that? And from a your own self 
Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to the to the mantra we've been setting. You know, even at the beginning of the year, we we won our first game. You know, then we end up you know beat Houston and all those things. It's the same thing. When you go on a winning streak, it's the same exact message that you know the performance is the performance. You know, it's over if you win by three, or you know, or, or you lose by three. Um, it's always the same. You got to look at it the same. How can I get better? And how can I uh, keep doing the things that I need to? That I've been doing well, and and I think that's all you got to do. Um, for players and coaches, and it's a partnership, you know. So that's what's nice about our player-coach partnership is that those they're in it together, you know. So if a player plays well, you know, coach did a good job. If a player needs to improve, coach needs to help him improve. So he's always got that partner with him. You have to represent in a very specific way as head coach, as the CEO of the football team, uh, at a private level, is just eating you up. Well, I mean, obviously losing is, is, you know, it doesn't no good. You know, obviously you want to win. You're in, it's a win business. You know, this is a, this is a business that you're, you're judged by wins and losses. And, but we're building from a young football team. You know, we're building, this is, this is not rebuilding. We're building a team. And that's, that's the big difference that people have to understand. And uh, we're excited about the foundation that we're laying and it's going to be really good for the future because, you know, these players are going to be here in the future and they're going to know the foundation and the standards in which we operate. And they're going to be able to teach it to the younger guys and the new acquisitions we bring in as we go along with this process. How do you convey a message that you know, when you're getting guys off that, you know, you're playing everybody, that you, they feel like there's, there's support there because they're running out of body, so to speak. And even right. now for the final five games, they don't know. There could be new guys coming into the mix, you know, out of need and necessity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just say that we need to do a better job in the second half when guys do go down of guys stepping in and operating. You know, because we had to, you know, Mooney goes down, Eddie goes down, Riley goes down. He was pretty early. But when guys step into that role, they have to do a good job of operating. What does that mean? That means getting your alignment, your assignment down. That's pre-snap. You know, know your job, do your job, so to speak. And and we got to do a good job with that at all levels, you know, offense, defense, and kicking. And I think we need to do a better job of that in the second half. We'll touch on it later, but just uh, for people joining the show just now, uh, the, st- the strategy now continues to be the same with Justin this week, right, as it was yeah. last week. Yes, it's day-to-day, yeah. um, and we'll see where he is. Like, again, I said at the podium after the game, it's about uh, mobility and strength. And when he has the mobility and the strength in that left arm that he feels and the medical staff feels that he can perform at a high level um, and, and perform the way he wants to perform and the way we think he can perform, then it's a green light. And uh, then it'll be so. But uh, until that point, we're gonna. It'll be day to day. Before the game, I always ask you the name of the game. And yesterday was which team was going to run the ball better and take the ball away. Right. It yeah. Is, you know, at the end of the day, we end up. There was it was twelve carries for I think for twenty six yards in the first half, and they end up running the ball on us in the second half. Um, you know, the takeaways. You know, we're really, you know, we had one at the end. It was pretty even right there, but they end up running the ball a little bit better than we did. So, uh, but again, I thought we run the ball pretty well. Pretty well, I think Montgomery ran the ball. You saw a lot of nice runs by him. Um, the offense line did a really nice job in that regard. Snap to Simeon, clean pocket throws. Back of the end zone, fighting for the ball. Pringle or Reed. It's Pringle for the touchdown over the middle. Battling with the cornerback. On a laser throw by Trevor Simeon, a four-yard touchdown, and the Bears have taken the lead on the Jets. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with Jeff Joniak. It's Bears head coach Matt Eberflus breaking down the Bears and Jets from yesterday. Just heard the touchdown, Byron Pringle. Uh, break it down for me from Trevor Simeon. No, that was a that was a good drive. You know, the, uh, the first two drives there, we had a uh, couple of explosives. You know, to the halfbacks. You know, on checkdowns, that was really good. Obviously, the, uh, the the big fade to Claypool, that was a nice play. 
uh, where he caught the ball. And then, obviously, going into the second quarter, the play you're talking about, we just we just heard was uh, you know the Pringle catch. And what a really nice catch by him. Um, I thought it was a good design um, um, by Getze down there in the red zone. It was an in-breaker toward the, towards the middle post. And Simeon had some pressure on his right side, and he ended up uh, ended up delivering the ball. And Pringle made an outstanding catch. It was basically off the guy's helmet. You know, end up taking it in, being strong at the catch point, and uh, just you know not being denied at that moment. Reed doesn't give up touchdowns. It was the first touchdown against him in over 850 snaps, pass coverage snaps, okay. which is a lot. Yeah, that's which good, is a lot. Good so, catch by him. Though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, good catch indeed. Uh, let's talk about David Montgomery. Uh, back-to-back 100-yard from scrimmage games now, and he actually passed Mike Ditka for 11th on the Bears' all-time yard from scrimmage list with 4,550 yards in his career. Uh, so anytime you can pass a Hall of Famer, no matter oh, if uh, coach didn't get the ball as much as today's tight ends, but that's pretty doggone fun to hear. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's good company too. You know, uh, Coach Ditka is outstanding. But uh, you know, for Montgomery to be able to do that, that's 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 certainly an accomplishment. But uh, he's been running hard all year. You know, he breaks a lot of tackles, and he runs with a purpose, and he's always knocking it forward. So he's uh, pretty special that way. And he was doing it in the fourth quarter when things uh, seemingly were getting out of hand, down twenty-one. He's still doing it. Yeah, uh, it's just that's end. that's his that's who he is. Yeah, he's got great fight and great determination. And then with his hands. Uh, I think we doubled yesterday the amount on average, like two and a half catches a, a game to the backs. But yesterday was, you know, double that. Could that be um, something of the future that maybe will enhance the offense? Yeah, I think, you know, Justin said, you know, has talked about that in the past, you know, about, check, you know, taking the check downs. You know, we did it, uh, you know, in, in really good fashion there. We had man free coverage. We dumped it out, you know, down to D there, and he did a nice job of taking it down there. So um, it one was also man coverage, it was quarters coverage. Uh, which basically man on the backside, the one that Montgomery had. But uh, it was uh, both great catches and both great runs afterward. Yeah, and you're talking about Darrington Evans, too. Yes, yeah, Darrington yeah. Evans. Yep, that yep. was man coverage for sure. 26-yard pass. That was first drive of the game. Chase Claypool, two for 51. Again, showing exactly what he's equipped to do, those 50-50 balls, uh, attempted fade in the end zone with right. Sauce Gardner on him. Those are fun, fun plays to see. Yeah, and uh, it's a, it's a good matchup. You know, it doesn't matter who's covering him because he's such a big body. You know, we always say those guys are always open. You know, because of how big their catch radius is. And uh, you know, when you throw the, the fade or the back shoulder fade right there, um, those, those are hard to defend for sure. And he did a nice job coming up with the catch. All right, let's talk defense. Four hundred sixty-six yards of offense by the Jets. Uh, that was the most surrendered this season. What was the big? Take away from you after watching the tape. Yeah, to I would cause just, that. Yeah, I would just say that you know, in the first half was more of the passing. You know, we, you know, we ended up giving up some big passes. I think it was almost 100 yards and two passes. You know, one was uh, you know over the both were over the middle. Yeah. Uh, one was the one Eddie got hurt on. Um, so we just got to do a better job of tackling. You know, and keeping those things limited. Um, you know, one of them was on third down. I think we were in two man, and then uh, Eddie came up and shoulder tackled the guy. And he bounced off of him. He's got to wrap that up. And then the second one was just an in cut, deep in cut, which I think Matt Adams had a chance to pick that play. Um, he just just got, missed, it. just missed it, and uh, he's just got to rise up and catch that. And again, that's when Eddie hurt his foot, uh, so we lost our middle of field safety, and they end up running all the way in for that one. But uh, so two plays right there is a hundred yards of offense. But uh, but again, overall in the second half, we have to do a better job tackling. You know, we didn't tackle really well when they ran the ball. Again, I think they ran the ball thirty-two times. I want to say they ran it twelve in the uh, in the first half. Um, so we just need to do a better job with our fundamentals and tackling and angles and cupping the ball and doing it the right way. 
Yeah, I was asked this last night, you know, because once the tackling thing becomes a topic, uh, it's hard to tell people you know, how, how they're going to fix that in practice. Well, I said, Matty Bufus and his staff, don't let these things just go away. They'll go back to the fundamental teaching of, of what they want specifics. And is that simply uh, the way it is? Yeah, you know? just, I mean, if you watch all the tackles yesterday, we're just tackling too high. You know, we, we're, we're a low tackling team. We call hamstring tackle we, where we grab the hamstrings, pull them in. And our top of our shoulder pads are at waist level or below. And we run our feet for three-yard steps. And yesterday, um, during that game, uh, for whatever reason, we were tackling higher. And we kept stressing to the guys on the sideline. And I know they have smaller backs, you know, in there. And I know that Sam Barnes really tackling them high a couple of times and running them and, and putting them back on his back. But um, at the end of the day, that's going to get you in trouble because you got to take a man's legs away when you tackle and you got to tackle them low. Back to throwing a four-man rush. Throws out to the outside. Montgomery the catch. Breaks a tackle 40, 45. Midfield. Third down and six. Montgomery, 26 yards on the catch and run. And a Bears first down. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Eberflus calling all Bears fans. Get the ultimate VIP fan package with Chicago Bears VIP. Secure a game ticket and appearance from Bears legends and more by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Uh, that was the aforementioned Dave Montgomery 26-yard catch in the first quarter that we touched on, just his ability to to, to get open, make catch, and then make people miss after the catch, uh, something that the Bears incorporated yesterday. Uh, we, we touched on that. I want to go back to the tackling thing, though. You get the old players, and they say, well, it's all attitude. It's all want to. Is that also part of it? you got to really want to do it, even if your fundamentals are going to be right on. If you're not willing to stick your nose in there, did you see any of that creeping in or fatigue in the fourth quarter, or just not being lined up right, or a yeah. little bit of all of the above? Yeah, I, w- I would say that the old timers are correct um, <laughs> because uh, it does take desire. You got to have the want to to do it, and the desire and the inside grit to be able to make a good tackle. You know, so we didn't see a bunch of that in terms of you know the guys doing that, and not having the desire, but it's more technique. It's more technique in bringing their feet on tackles and then putting their pads in the right position. No Brisker, no uh, Gordon yesterday on top of it. So let's break it down. Uh, DHC had nine tackles, the most he's had since uh, a game a few years ago. I've always said, you know, whatever role you put him in, he's going to perform professionally. And was that the case? No, DHC's uh, been great. You know, he's uh, uplifting to others. You know, he really works hard. Um, He did a good job in there yesterday, um, you know, and made a lot of tackles. You know, he made a lot of tackles. But, again, you don't want your secondary making a lot of tackles. You want your defensive line and your linebackers leading the way in that regard, um, and typically when you have a corner or a safety leading the tackles, you're not uh, playing very good run defense. That's happened a time or two this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah it has. Like yeah. five or six tackle leaders are either a linebacker or but the defensive line. Is this, is, this the, is this the area of greatest need and of improvement right now? Yeah, I would say that at, you know certainly our front seven needs to do a good job of stopping the run. It starts with those guys. It starts with those guys playing their gaps. Um, those guys, you know, you know, fighting and, and competing to stay in their gas with good technique and good fundamentals. Um, you know, like Justin Jones, I think, has done a really good job of improving upon that. He's really improved the last few weeks of staying in his gap. You certainly noticed him yesterday. Um, he was really doing a good job at the three technique of staying in that B gap, making plays on the backside. Uh, so we were really pleased with the way he played um, yesterday. But uh, it goes for everybody, even the defensive ends. When you run an outside zone, you got to be able to set your arm, okay, and then uh, make sure things doesn't get too wide for the rest of the defense. Um, but uh, we have to improve that way for sure. What do you think of the, you know, uh, Rod Marinelli always pondered it in my head about takeoff, get off, you know, takeoff, get off. Have you guys 
switch that up over the course of the season on how they attack the line of scrimmage with footwork and stuff? No, we have not switched it up. That's been the same. We're still a penetrating defense. We want to uh, play on their side of the line of scrimmage. And, you know, the get-off is the most important thing, you know, and then be able to set edges on the front side, stay alive on the back side, and and do a really good job with our fundamentals. A really good conversation with Travis uh, Smith this week or this past week when the assistants are available to the media and talked about, okay, do all these guys have a toolbox? I'm talking about the defensive line, toolbox. And one move, you go to move, and then you have one counter. One counter. Yep. And he goes, "They they probably don't all have that counter yet. How long does something like that take? It takes it takes time. It does take time. Like for a guy like Dominic Robinson, you know, it's, it takes oh, a little yeah. bit of time for him to be able to figure out what his fastball is, and then what his counter is. And that's all you need. You only need one fastball and one counter, but they should both look the same. You know, on the approach. You know, so when you're approaching that rush, it should both look the same. So it's it's your fastball and then the counter to that. Um, and again, that varies by guy. Um, but you got to audition some things. You got to try mm-hmm. things out. Um, and it's not always the same, you know, it's really the same move for you, but you can make it look differently for different types of pass setters, you know, so it's important that you have that always playing that game inside the game. Some of the best that have had that ability to maybe even throw a third move in there that you worked with. The guy that I worked with is DeMarcus Ware. You know, he was obviously very special at that. You know, I also had on the other side, Anthony Spencer, you know, from Purdue, both those guys had a ton of sacks, um, in the same year. Um, so pretty special year for us, but when I was with Dallas and those guys were remarkable at at throwing their fastball and then having a counter, you know, and they worked, you know, in conjunction with each other. And what they did mostly was they, when it was crunch time, they came up big, you know, so when it was two minute, when it was during the passing situations, they were, they were either making a sack or making a strip sack or pressure in the quarterback during those moments. Maybe save a special fastball for crunch time, right? (laughs) They would, they would hold it back. They would hold it back to the very last uh, play that when it mattered and they would throw it and it was uh, pretty special to watch. So a two by two formation snap gonna give it on the read and Jack Sanborn wrestles down Michael Carter down near the 29 yard line of the Jets a gain of four boy he hits you and he fights you all the way to the ground. Great seats available to see your Chicago Bears this season at Soldier Field get your tickets at chicagobears.com slash tickets. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Eberflus just heard one of many tackles Jack Sanborn had 14 on the day that is a single game record for a rookie in Bears history did you know that? I do now. <laughs> I mean, that's something. Considering who played this game and no, had good rookie seasons. No, that's really good. And, uh, you know, obviously we've had a lot of good backers here, you know, with the Chicago Bears over the history, you know, some of the best of all time. You know, that just shows you his instincts, you know, his instincts and his ability to read um, and react, you know, and, you know, spring into action. And his block protection is really good too. Um, you know, so he's done a good job with that. And he had a lot of tackles yesterday. Uh, for sure, and uh, he's continuing to prog- to progress really well. Block protection. What are you referring to? Yeah, so the the ability to keep blockers off of you to get to the ball carrier. So as a linebacker, and I've had been blessed to coach a lot of good ones, um, is that you know their ability to keep blockers off of you because your number one goal is to hit the ball. You know, so you hit the ball, the guy with the ball, you're hitting them. So or you're intercepting the ball or punching the ball out. So. The number one goal of all linebackers is to hit the ball, and part of that is tackling. And and to get there, you have to use block protection. So it's just basically varying ways 
how the blocker approaches you, and you have a, a bunch of different tools you can use to keep those guys off of you. All right, I want you to define instincts because Tom and I had a little back and forth in the broadcast, but I said, you know, the, the instinct to just get to where you need to go and fire and trigger quickly, he goes, that's preparation. Can it be both? When yeah. people say this guy's got great instincts, how, do, how would you as a coach define it? Well, uh, first of all, it's innate. Uh, most of it. For example, uh, last week at Atlanta, DHC caused a fumble on the on the punt. Right, we punted the ball to them. They returned it. DHC and you know and Jacker in coverage. And DHC causes the fumble. Who's the first guy to jump on it? It's Jack. Why? Because he sees it the fastest and he's able to react the fastest. So there was five other guys standing there, but why was it him? Well, it's because of his instincts, his ability to see and do right now and that's what it is and I've been fortunate to coach you know Sean Lee Shaq Leonard uh, you know like I said DeMarcus Ware all those different guys that are all pro players and every one of those guys had great instincts and and can you help a guy have better instincts sure you know I've obviously working with those guys where my eyes and why um, and that helps them tick a little bit quicker and helps them become elite uh, almost like they know what the play is there before it is there uh, for example, screen passes, tosses, they're actually running to the play before it actually snapped. Um, that's preparation, but they still have to have the innate instincts to be able to see things in front of them and diagnose quickly. You know, for a linebacker and you're standing behind the, the offensive line, you're looking at the halfback, but you can see and feel the lineman in front of you. So you feel the steps of the halfback, and then you feel the line in front of you. You see polars, you see the zone action, you see linemen jumping up through you, and then also it's instantaneous reactions of how you react to those plays. Um, and then also knowing when it's play action and being able to get into windows and pick passes off like we did uh, at the Detroit game. You know, Jack Sanborn jumped in there, didn't bite on the play action. He was right there and picked off that pass um, to change the game right there. So... Um, you know, it's, I've been fortunate to be able to work with a lot of those guys. I think Jack does have really good instincts. Um, I think he does have that ability to tackle, make a lot of tackles and take the ball away. 44 tackles. You know, if the organization does not move on from Roquan, he doesn't get these kind of opportunities potentially. So is, is he a revelation for, for the future? No, I think it's great, you know, with all these young guys playing, you know, from Dominic to Sanborn to, to Gordon to Brisker to, you know, uh, all of them. You know, every one of those guys that are playing there with us right now, and uh, I think some guys are going to get some more action. You know, uh, with some guys going down, we'll see what happens. But uh, to me, it's uh, it's really good for those guys to get bank all those reps. You know, because it's so important. Because you don't get those without getting that experience. Snap, sidestepping to the pocket. Simeon going to launch down the right side, going for Claypool. Adjusts, makes the catch. Now they'll call. And a flag on Sauce Gardner. That's a big play from Trevor Simeon. On second and 11, he picks up 31 yards and a Bears first down. All right, back in the Bears coaches show. Just heard one of Chase Claypool's catches, the 31-yard fade in the first quarter as the Bears uh, get ready to take on the Green Bay Packers this week. Not sure who's going to be on the field. We'll learn more as the week rolls on, and that's uh, that's standard fare, but a lot more injuries this week as you touched on. If you're just joining the program, we always like to update you. Uh, Darnell Mooney is lost for the season, will likely need surgery to repair an ankle injury, and a bummer for the room, too. A lot of guys look up to him, and I know this, the relationship and what has become of Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney, but that 45-minute practice after the practice, yeah, and it was, I, I, you know, what they learned about each other, the subtle things that great receiver-quarterback combos will 
benefit from moving forward, whether it be a look, a nod. That was happening in those sessions. No, it's great. They're building a great bond for the future, you know, and that takes time. You know, and those guys spent a lot of time together from all the way back in the summertime. You know, I think they were back down there working out in Georgia, I want to say, and and, uh, and all the time they spent during training camp, you know, and all these sessions, like you said, 45 minutes after every single practice. And those are all banked hours. You know, those are not gone to waste. You know, those are things that are going to really apply to the future. And those guys are excited about their relationship, not only on the field but off the field. And uh, both great teammates and, and great bears for the future, for sure. I, I like what you just said, banking to the future, because people can all uh, just assume, okay, well, this roster could get a major upgrade again or a turnover next season. They always do at least a third of every roster. But whoever remains here, everything that happens – does it roll over? Yes, it does. You know, I said it in the presser today, this you know earlier today that you know we're laying foundation for the future, and and uh, that's important. You know, it's a standard to how we operate. You know, how do we operate in meetings? How do we operate in practice? How do we operate in walkthroughs? How do we operate in the game? And the standards are the same for everybody. You know, so and it's for, it's the coach's job to hold the standards. You know, it's not the player's job to do that now. Will they be a great example of standard? Yes, they will be. We'll be able to point to those guys, and they'll follow by example as we acquire new players, as we you know draft new players and so forth you know, going forward. But that's the most important thing, that Justin Fields is the example, is the standard. You know, uh, The players that we have in the building are all the standard, you know, and we can just point to them and say, hey, just do this. And they'll actually te- teach them by modeling that behavior. So committee of players that you have, I think it's Numbers 14, Leadership Council. How have they presented to you, if you can talk about this, I don't know if you can, just how the defeats have hurt them or how it's how it's making them feel and the, the bigger team chemistry yeah, and so yeah. forth. Yeah, and, and I think it's really, uh, it's taught us uh, to be resilient. I think it's taught us, you know, through adversity, you only get stronger. You know, uh, if you let adversity defeat you, then guess what? You're defeated. But if you have adversity as a, as a learning lesson, as a tool to get stronger, then it helps you because... We all know in life that we've all been through adversities, right? Well, what did you learn most from, success or adversity? Well, when you had a setback, you learned more about yourself. You learned more about the people around you, okay, and how can I improve? How can I improve myself, okay, to get better um, in any aspect? You know, and I know we're talking about football, but uh, that's really in life. And I think that uh, those guys are learning that. They're all young guys. Um, they're applying these lessons, um, and they're banking these lessons for, for, for going forward. And our eyes are always forward. Uh, we're ready to go for this Packers week coming up. We're excited about the challenge, and the guys are going to be, we'll be ready to go. How uh, has it been for you to have a, a locker room and a, a building uh, that respect is important, obviously? It's something taught from the, the top down. It's what's asked about. But, you know, you're not putting out a ton of fires other than injuries, and so, but you know, you, no trouble, you know, in addition because – Again, when you're not winning, it happens. It happens. It could be really detrimental or a, a disgruntled veteran that's, you know, you're, you're counting on to set an example and it goes the other way. That, that is not going on here. No, and, and what's uh, proof of that is that we've had a lot of veterans, you know, that would step up, you know, either because they're honorary captains or not whatnot. They said they've never seen the morale of a team be this high with this many, this many adversities going on at the same time. And the guys sticking close together, respecting each other, working hard, coming to work every day, and putting their best foot forward. And uh, the guys have done that. And that's really just the, the culture that they've built. You know, we set the standards. 
of, you know, being on time, you know, working hard and respecting each other. And then we model that behavior as coaches, but really it's the players that have to do it. You know, and they've been doing it since day one. They're continuing to do it. You know, I, I told the guys in the locker room on th- before Thanksgiving, the pra- after practice uh, that day, I said, hey, you know, you, you guys going anywhere? And I said, you know, Erlacher used to invite anybody who was Eddie Jackson did. House full of people, apparently. Guys who didn't have anything going on. Right. No doubt. It means he cares about his brothers. You know, he cares about his teammates and uh, and wants them to have be part of a family. And uh, he invited those, him into, into the home. So that's uh, – Snap, play fake, stands in the pocket, throws over the middle. Catch is made, 40, 35, 30, 25. Evans breaks the tackle, 15, spins down inside the 10. Darianton Evans, a 33-yard catch and run. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with Matt Eberflus here uh, from Hallis Hall. Didn't know a lot about him. Didn't have a touch uh, this year for the Bears. Third-round pick of the Tennessee Titans. Brought him in, looked really good during training camp. What do we know about Darianton Evans? Because there's, there's a veteran aspect to him yeah I mean Darrington's you know did a nice job uh we've seen it all along in practice and uh he got himself elevated you know from the P squad a couple times then finally got a standard elevation and uh to the 53 and uh did a nice job of his opportunity and uh you know what I know about him is he's fast um he's elusive um he's very good at catching the ball as we just heard out of the out of the backfield that was man-to-man coverage and what he did with it afterward he bursted away from a linebacker who's a really good linebacker um in the league um, bursted away from him, and then he broke another tackle. There was a guy who came off man coverage, and he you know split two basically, and uh, and then was you know, knocking it forward all the way down, almost scored. Um, so he had a couple of nice runs too. Uh, had his his pads forward, you know, he's splitting two, knocking guys like we said forward, and uh, and we're excited about where he's going. All right, here's a bunch of different topics. The Trenton Gilline kickoffs. Out, outstanding. He's got uh, quite the leg for that. No, he's got a strong leg, and he can really boot it. And, uh, you know, we want a high hang time. You know, we want it to land on the goal, goal line there for, you know, because we want the team to return it because we got a good cover squad. Um, certainly he's he's our guy for that. And, uh, you know, Kyra does a nice job of it too, but it's good to have the one-two punch because they do both have strengths when it comes to kicking the ball off. Had some big punts as well. Although I did hear you say maybe a little more hang time or what, what yeah, was it? Yeah. yeah, so when he, you know, he's got a, obviously a tremendous leg, but when he hits it that far, um, like when he's in a backed up situation, he's trying to flip the field. But, you know, we, we got to make sure that we got better hang time on some of those. Uh, he really, you know, someone was like 62 yards in the yep. air or something. Um, you just got to have a little more hang time. We're going to have it 55 yards in the air with some more hang time so we can get the coverage down there. So the guy doesn't catch it before our coverage can get down. So take a little bit off his fastball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Scheduling quirk. No road games in December. You're probably thrilled because they've been front-loaded and there have been a lot of trips. It almost feels like it every week. Last time this happened for the Bears was 1964. So no road games in December. Are you looking forward to this? Yeah, our, our players are too. We're excited about getting you know back in front of the Chicago fans. You know the greatest fans in the world. So we're excited to get in front of those guys and uh, you know and get us a big win. Bayless Jones on kick return. We'd all like to see him return it. You got him situated. Don't don't take anything if it falls behind you or whatever. I'm assuming that's that's wherever his heels are. Would you? Maybe just like to see, just to see how it works out. To yeah, take, I mean, or are you more worried about field position? Yeah, we we do that every week. You know, we adjust that where he takes the ball from. You know, sometimes it's two deep, sometimes it's three deep, sometimes it's you know, like a lot yesterday. I think it was you know one yard. He was sitting right at the one yard mark. So, 
Um, that changes week to week based on the cover team, based on what we think we can do. But uh, we certainly want the ball in his hands on the kickoff return. So if he if he is he glued to a spot, also say it's a yard or two deep, and you're giving him the green light, but it's a little bit to his right or a little bit to his left, or just... yeah, he's not glued to a, to okay, a lateral okay, spot. It's, okay. You know, it's more of a horizontal. You know, if it's deep, you know, into the end zone. All right, what you're thinking with the bye week? I know you got pa- Packers first, but. Uh, does this group just need to recuperate and just get the whole week? Yeah, well, you know, like last week, I you know, I, I knew the guys felt they were a little bit, you know, tired because of, the, you know, just because of the length that you don't know, we have a bye week until week 14. You know, so I did a, a walk-through practice last week and then kind of a jog through the next day and then, you know, full speed Friday. You know, so the guys, you know, definitely need some rest, you know, once we get past the Packers and, uh, you know, it's going to be a much needed for, for those players. Would you ever consider giving Tevin right tackle snap? No, that's a good question. You know, we like Tevin at right guard. He's done a great job there, but we're going to look at all combinations. You know, we have, you know, Leatherwood could be in there depending on where Riley is, and, and we'll see where it is, and, and uh, we'll decide as, as we get through the week. And then when Justin does get back, do you would you like to see more of the passing game just for more further evaluation and see what you have for the future. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to want to see the whole offense. You know, we want to see the whole offense. We're going to we're going to, you know, do what we do and certainly we'll have some things schemed up for this week and uh we want to execute those the best way we can, but uh Justin, uh we'll see where he goes. He's day to day, but we're hopeful. You're going to have a hard time keeping him away from a Bear Packer game, you know that, don't you? Yeah, we I'm, I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, now it's time to look ahead. Brought to you by Bet Rivers, the official sports book partner of the Bears. Packers coming to town here on Sunday. Uh they Lost to Philly, forty to thirty-three last night. Uh, Aaron Rodgers already with a a broken thumb, apparently left with a rib injury. We'll find out more about his status over the course of the week as well. Uh, but the wow of that game was the rushing yards put up by the Philadelphia Eagles. And I touched with on this with you a couple weeks ago because it's not just the Bears; it's it's other teams getting these two hundred fifty now I mean three hundred sixty three yards rushing. Is this the new NFL? It's well, week twelve. Well I think when you have a you know a two or three pronged attack um like a Justin Fields, a Herbert and you know Montgomery, I think that creates a lot of numbers, you know, just as they have. You know, yeah. they got some good runners over there and obviously they got Jalen Hurts, you know, that's uh and they got a dynamic offensive line. Um and their scheme is hard. So um, that's you know one of the better offenses in ball right now. All right, how about the pack? A uh, little different team, both sides of the ball, injuries and whatnot. But uh, one of the key differences is the expansion and performance of Christian Watson. He's tearing it up. Yeah, yeah, he really is. He's done a really good job, and uh, you know he's obviously an explosive athlete. You know that we're going to have to deal with. You know, you saw the play last night. You know, it was really good play, and uh, when the backup quarterback was in, love, and um, it's a, you know he's an exciting player. And then uh, is a banged up Aaron Rodgers. A dangerous Aaron Rodgers, like all the great players, they seemingly put aside whatever ailment, sickness, or whatever, and sometimes have legendary games. Yeah, he's still making some dynamic throws. You saw last night; he made a couple throws. One of those touchdown throws is pretty cool to the halfback. Um, you know, so he's uh, still got still got it. And then you you have to get ready now also for Jordan Love just in case. Maybe yeah. you would anyway. I'm assuming, but no question, yeah, no question, you do. And uh, you know, so you know, Aaron's been hurt through his career and always you know shows up and plays. You know, so we're anticipating him playing, and we'll see where it goes during the week. And then uh, 
you know, do you say anything special about Bears Packers this week? Round two? Yes, round two. It's Bears Packer week. We're, we're super, super excited, and uh, we have to get ready to go. All right. Good luck with your preparation. Right, thank you. Thanks to our producers, Keith Johnson, Andy Gersher, Dan Brilli, and Jordan Tretta. For head coach Matt Eberflus, I'm Jeff Joniak. Back at Soldier Field for a noon start against the Packers. Our pregame gets underway at 9. Stay tuned for Pittsburgh and Indianapolis here on Monday Night Football on 780 AM. Joined in progress. News continues on 105.9. Your CBS News at the top of the hour is next. This is News Radio 105.9. WBBM. Good night, everybody.